0: This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I just can't take no pleasure in killing. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? (laughs) Please, God. (laughs) This. The dead will walk here. I'm just going to bash your brains. Your suffering will be legendary, even in hell. Give me back it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Why? You're doomed. You're all doomed introductory show tonight features our Grindhouse Pizzeria, which is dedicated to all things Grindhouse and exploitation. Whether it's extra cheesy or loaded with meat, you'll always get a bellyful of hot nasty goodness. Come on in. Pull up a chair and grab you a slice. The oh, line. Sanity and madness can be crossed in a single step. And with this step, you enter the nightmare world of terror. Judge Cayman, whose iron self-control hides the urge to kill. Harriet, a mother's love, twisted into the malignant shape of evil. The sergeant, living in the hell of an aimless war, fighting a battle within himself that he lost long ago. Allison, in a desperate need for love, an obsession that could drive her to murder. Danny, whose sense of humor triggers a violent act of revenge. Dr. Masters, who has her own idea of the gentle art of healing. at Charlotte, who left the world of sanity and security, only to be trapped in the nightmare world of madness, a nightmare she cannot escape. They all met on the day the insane took over the asylum. Don't look in the basement. Rated R.
1: Alrighty, folks, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cinema G Generation's flagship show, Grindhouse Pizzeria, where the pizza doors are always wide open and the pizza ovens are always on with a hot pie in the oven. We have a monumental, uh, at least I consider it to be a monumental exploitation drive-in Grindhouse flick for you this evening. We are doing the original, the OG, "Don't Look in the Basement" from 1973 and joining me as always my usual cohort and crime and co-host Tommy K Tom Commissar how the hell are you
2: we're doing great cam we're doing great and i'm looking forward to diving into this one cuz this is this is an old this is an old classic this is this is a this is a fucking drive-in fucking classic and i i just it's just, it's got it all so i'm very, yeah. I'm very excited to jump into this one today.
1: Yeah, I figured, you know, you know, all these are semi obscure to those that don't, you know, that aren't fans of the genre, so to speak. But like for those who are fans of this kind of genre, this is a heavy hitter. This is, like I said, monumental. Right. And and it also, you know, uh we have a sort of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon link to this movie because our buddies over there at Lost Bastards films, Jim and Scott, uh, were acting Actors in the only official sequel to "Don't Look in the Basement" that was filmed like forty-two years later, and it's actually quite a good sequel. They had uh, one of the only surviving actors or actresses uh, in it, and they filmed in some of the, you know, the uh, original locations, which I thought was pretty interesting for a sequel made, to, you know, almost as many years later as years that I've been alive. So I thought that was pretty interesting,
2: and an interesting tidbit. Uh one of the co-writers and co-creators of the story I saw listed when I looked at IMDb. Cause I didn't know a lot about IMDb. I've never, I've never seen uh, uh, Don't Look in the Basement too, So uh, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to be honest. But I know when they were filming it, I remember seeing that I and I was going, Oh, fucking cool. You know, that's cool. But I actually have never seen it. But when I did a little research on IMDb, just, I wanted to look at the, because I know, I know uh, our good friends, Jim O'Rear and uh, Scott Tepperman are in it. I also saw that Megan Emmerich, um, who is, uh, is listed as a co-writer and a co-creator of the story. Now, Megan Emmerich, uh, she's done a ton of stuff. Look her up. Uh, she, I think she goes under another name, too. Uh, Jade Emmerich or something, or Emmerich Jade or something. But Megan Emmerich, I know her and first met her when I was on the hospital, too. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Samantha. She plays Samantha, which she was amazing. Hospital Two. She's amazing as that character. She was a great. I mean, she was awesome to work with. And that's the that's the famous scene, the infamous scene, the whatever scene uh, the, you know, that I got to do.
1: Yep. Um, yep. Yep. We and, we know what they're talking about.
2: That the that uh, the awesome Jim O'Rear and Scott Tepperman, they gave me my first break really. And to, to work in that, and I work with Debbie Rochon, that was my wife in that movie, uh, and, uh, I, and and, and uh, Megan Emmerich uh, is she basically uh, I'm tied to a chair real quick I'm not to get it, but it's a, it's a cool scene where she basically uh, you know I'm tied to a chair while my wife is uh, being tortured and whatever and lots of other things, and uh, it's a pretty gruesome scene, and, and Meg, Megan goes to town on me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, she, does, she, she and, does some rough stuff to you doesn't yeah, does.
2: and uh and i remember what a sweetheart she was because i remember it was pretty gruesome and she's like all like you know like in between takes like okay i'm gonna do this that and you know i don't want to you know it's all right do whatever you need to do i don't actually hurt you anything that's like, oh, okay megan just do you she's such a sweetheart you know she was so cool and then i saw her and i go oh she's a co-writer on this that's on part two so that's cool so i'm i, I gotta watch that i mean, it's one of those ones like you know, I just was gonna watch at some point and never did. you know, we all got those movies it's like you know
1: yeah there's movie. only so many hours in the day, you know right.
2: and I did you know and then when we start when when you sent this to hey, let's do don't look in the basement. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. and then I got to thinking about part two. I go I never did see part two so now I, need, I need to see it. and uh, but yeah, but so a uh, shout out to Megan Emmerich uh, for for being part of part two. so uh, so that's gonna be on my short list to watch here probably this weekend. If not, you know, by tomorrow, you know.
1: It's, a, gonna, it's good for a Thanksgiving weekend watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and I, I, think, I think it's a good yeah, definitely. You know, so I think I'm gonna uh put that on the old player and watch it. But uh yeah. But anyway, just wanna shout out for her too and uh, Right
1: on, right on. Yeah, I'd almost forgotten Megan was in that. It's been a while since I seen it, but uh... Yeah, I I dig the sequel for like I said, for a sequel to a movie that was made like forty-two, forty-three years after the fact, it's it's pretty damn good and pretty faithful to the original, you know, kind of source material and overall theme of it. Yeah, it's really good. But this movie, don't look in the basement, as it says from the makers of the last house on the left, warn you again to keep repeating, to avoid fainting. It's only a movie, it's only a movie. Right. But I, I did not know until I did a little bit of research on this that it was also known as the forgotten. Yes. And there was another title um oh I think it was oh, Death Ward number 13 was uh, another alternate title.
2: It's your Death Ward number 13 correct you are correct sir.
1: But I think don't look in the basement is like the generally universal universally known title
2: everybody that's the name yeah this is the name everybody knows you know yeah
1: but uh let's go ahead and get off into it we'll do the quick imdb synopsis as we always do is real short and sweet uh as 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 follows do look in the basement from 1973 a young psychiatric nurse goes to work at a remote asylum following a murder there she experiences varying degrees of torment from the patients and that's fairly accurate that's it's, right. a, it's 90 97 minutes or 93 minutes of pretty much uh, mayhem and torture and psychological <laughs> psychological hellbent <laughs> you know torture this right. oh, the poor poor Charlotte now Charlotte uh, nurse Charlotte our main character. You look here. You know, the the name was played by Rosie Holitic. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, God. I mean, like, let's talk about the end. The, not the ending. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> not talk about the ending. <laughs> no, not yet. We'll, well talk yeah, about well, the yeah. beginning. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the ending eventually. <laughs> we're going to talk about this movie in reverse. We're going memento style now. Just, kidding, just we're gonna,
2: kidding. Yeah, we're, we're, we're edgy.
1: But uh, the the opening of this movie, when you know, when you just get those couple opening shots of the asylum, the building, and and poor, you know, we're introduced to a couple of the characters right off the bat, and poor, you know, Nurse Jane Jane St Clair, played by Jesse Lee Fulton, and uh, was one of her last uh, roles, but she she comes up to tell the doc, you know, uh, Doc Stevens, that she is leaving. Right. And she's, she's going to be taken off. She can't deal with this place anymore. But Doc Stevens is with, you know, the guy that we call Judge, who has an interesting name, I think, Judge Oliver W. Cameron. Right, right. And, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. Which, while, we, while we were watching this, uh, Patty and myself, every time he came up that his name was Cameron, she just kind of gave me an eye, a side eye. She's like, never giving you an axe. I right, and that's the part that I want to talk about here right off the bat. Like, I, I know that, like, as the story goes, Dr. Stevens wanted to shift his practice from doing surgeries and doing lobotomies and surgical techniques as to doing more of a hands-on, you know, psychological approach. The, what kind of an idea did he have it into him to give this guy who's obviously a little schizophrenic? You know, uh, you know the judge played by Gene Ross, who is probably not my favorite character. I'd say Sam is my favorite character, but like the judge is the most colorful character. Yeah. But so, um, what was his idea to give him an axe? And he's like, "Use the axe, Judge. Use the axe. And it's just like, um, like no, no, because <laughs> it, it has um, uh, there's some repercussions for him given given you know judge this axe because you know he g- gets it in the back of the you know the base of the neck with the axe that poor dr stevens does and it's just one of those moments like no don't don't give the crazy person an axe i think it's a bad decision
2: I, that wasn't a good idea
1: <laughs> and, no uh, no it wasn't
2: it's, it's it's it just it just starts it out like you got the it got the opening scene where you've got uh well sam and then you've got the. Uh the dude that plays uh Sergeant Jaffe, of course, he's like, you know, you know, like got post-traumatic stress or you know, like syndrome, you know, and you know, he's like dressed in like a sergeant's uniform and so he's looking out at the binoculars. We kind of see this opening scene. So it's kind of this it's a whole setup for this like this bad afternoon. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. You got, got the nurse now, she's the one who's gonna quit. Uh Jane St. Clair. Uh she she goes up and She's, you know, the sergeant's looking out, you know, like they're, you know, they're out there. They're going to get us, you know, like, so he thinks like they're being attacked by the enemy.
1: Yeah. And, he's always like, they're coming. They're coming. He's out there with those binoculars every night.
2: And, and Sam is this real big hulking kind of guy, but he's like, he's like a little kid and he's very, he's very sweet. Uh, Sam is played by Bill McGee and mm-hmm. uh, a uh, very, very good guy. And he, and he's, and he's just kind of like, like listening to the sergeant kind of taking orders and you know and and it kind of sets it up like oh we got some characters here yeah and they do they just kind of go it out in the yard and uh there's you know dr stevens you know and then he yeah he's showing judge you know uh how to how to you know he's whacking his axe is kind of stuck into the stuck into the uh into the uh into the log you know so yeah that basically he does that you know they come out there and they're She's uh, Judge St. Clair is trying to talk to him. And I mean, Jane St. Clair at her. And then, yeah, next thing you know, yeah, he's uh, he like
1: Judge just starts
2: whacking him on the back of the neck, you know, like and just, you know, kills him. He drops down there and it just set and now here we are set up like, oh, my God, you know, and
1: yeah, it act- starts right off into the craziness and it really never lets up. There's never, you know, there's some slower paced moments in this movie, but it feels like it never lets up.
2: Yeah, that was the thing uh, uh, that I've always liked about this movie. If you're gonna make a, if you're gonna make a movie about fucking nut nuts, and I don't mean this is a derog- you know, derogatory term or anything, but you know, it, you know, the people, nutcases in a nut house, so to speak, and and psychotic people having, you know, a, a mentally deranged people. It's like this is the movie. This is the movie that got it right. I mean, everybody in this movie is scary. Like they're, they, yeah. they, you know, they're like friendly. It's like when they wrote this, it, it's like they, you know, it's it's like the thing with people that are kind of friendly and you think they're like nice and then they turn on you, you know, and shit. And and then, you know, and they turn, turn scary. Like, and, and, and every character just kind of goes, like right after he's right, you know, like she, like Jane, uh, the nurse, she's walking around and she goes in to talk to, uh, well, what's the lady with the baby? What was her name again? Oh, um, As
1: Harriet. She, no, uh,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: isn't it Harriet?
2: Yeah, Harriet. That was Camilla. Camilla Carr, please. Yeah, Harriet, and she's got a baby, and you think it's a baby at first, and she's just sitting in a rocking chair, and and she's and you know, and then uh, the nurse, poor the nurse St. Clair, is in there like talking to her, you know, and then and then it's just you know she's trying to take the baby, like, and and then, you know, Harriet's like. All of a sudden, it's just like, you know, you know, you get away from here. I'm going to kill you. You know, and all of a sudden, you know, and then Harriet, you know, and then. Uh, yeah, Harriet
1: goes from, for, from zero to 60 real quick. It's like, talk about coming in hot. I mean, she's like, yeah. I'll kill you. I'll like, kill you. Yeah.
2: And then each time that you start meeting, then you, you got Sam. He's sitting on his bed playing with his boat, you know, and, uh, and you know, like a little kid. And he he, he seems harmless. He's a big guy. And I was like, this guy could, you know, if he turned on you, he'd whoop your ass
1: yeah he's a big hulk of a man he, i mean it's, it's uh it's a good thing he's kind of a, at least for the most part until the end of the movie he's a gentle giant yeah you know. and
2: then it, it just, we just we just kind of this movie just kind of gently takes us to like all these different rooms and we start meeting these people and it it's like they've all got their stories, you don't know what's going on, but they're just all living in this house. You know, this house kind of out there and, you know, like, like you're assuming in the middle of nowhere, you know, they're not really close to anything or whatever.
1: Because it looks like an old, like plantation style house. Yeah. You know, three stories, big white house.
2: Yeah. It looks like something they'd have, you know, you'd like back in the day, you'd rent a bunch of rooms out to people and, you know, like a, like an Airbnb or you know, whatever. People just rent a,
1: you know what I mean? It
2: was like an old bread bed and breakfast.
1: Yeah. Like- yeah. This
2: is like a hospital, you know, and but it's all got these little rooms all over. And and then it's got like the main area where, you know, like the uh, the main entry area. And it's like a beautiful old house. But like all these people are living in there. They all live together. And then just like the beginning of the movie, all we just start getting introduced to them, like like uh, Harriet's back in the chair with her little baby. And we start to see realize it's a baby doll. It's a toy doll. And then right off the bat, right. Danny jumps in the room. He starts tormenting her.
1: Danny, Yeah, and like, Danny, I don't, I feel like the Danny character isn't necessarily crazy like everybody else is. He's just a prick. Well, he, I think he's
2: crazy. But yeah, but he's not like, I don't think he's not like a guy that's going to kill you. He's just, yeah, he's a prick. He's just like a, he's just like a punk kid that just like won't leave you alone. You know, he's like one of these guys that just right, right. does pranks on you and and he thinks he's being funny and he's always laughing and he's he's annoying as shit.
1: Yeah, his laugh it, you know he reminded me of his look. He, he reminded me of Horseshack from uh, Welcome Back.
2: Horseshack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh and but but he's just, you know, so he comes in and they got him see like right they got him they worked him out pretty cool because he just kind of shows up now and again to bug the shit out of everybody. But it's like that—that's what—that's what, what it would be like living in a place like that. You know, it would just be like this, this, this nonstop madness. You
1: well, know? it doesn't help too that they—they they will say this later on, as Doctor Masters says. That, you know, doc, uh, that the Doctor Stevens doesn't believe in having locks on any doors, so there's no locks on anybody's doors, even from the the crew quarters to the patient's quarters. There's no locks on any of the doors, so they can kind of come and go as they please into any which room, which to me is, like, utterly terrifying.
2: Right, that would be like, oh, hell no.
1: <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> How about at least a lock on my room, huh? You right, right,
2: right like, like, but, but, yeah, he had a kind of a... Uh, kind of like a commune kind of a mentality, like everybody was going to live in this and be equals, even though the doctors are still the doctors. Like, everybody was kind of, you know, even when we find out when Dr. Beale, a nurse Beale, actually shows up, that she's, her place is right next to some of the other inmates, or whatever you want to call them, patients. Yeah. And, uh, and it was just, uh,
1: you know, it's it's an interesting dynamic. It will just say that, you know?
2: Yeah. So, so, uh, so it's, it's a nice way. It's, it's, it's a cool way that they, they kind of introduce everybody where we kind of get to see this and we're like, oh shit, this is, this is crazy.
1: Yeah, like, because like when Jane is like going through from room to room, it's kind of like Jane is our introductory character, you know, the show showing ev- her visiting everybody and kind of getting introduced to all the characters because it's so sad when she goes to tell Sam she's the only he's the only one. And he will um, rub this into like very childlike to and everybody else's faces. He's like, well, Jane told me she was leaving. She was my friend. She didn't tell you, but it's really sad when Jane tells Sam that she has to leave and she won't be able to help him put his boat in the water. It's such a sad, sad scene, and then really you get to see the the childlike quality in Sam's eyes. You know that he's just he's just a guy that's again like they say he's got the mentality of an eight year old. He just wants to build his toy boat and eat popsicles. That's like his only thing that he wants to do. But now he's you know he's getting told that his you know his his only friend really in this place is gonna be leaving him. And it's just it's you know, I'm a softie. It's it's sad.
2: Well see that that's what's beautiful about like a movie like this and in the cool writing is like is like having those ups and downs of emotionally. It's not just bad, crazy people. You know, it was like these are people that are, there's people right. and like whatever happened in their lives, there's still people. And even though, you know, they can be do fucked up shit. You know, it's like that thing with you, like you're saying, like it is sad. You know, you know his friends leaving. You know, and what's he gonna do? Like, you know, he can't take his boat to the water. That would be like terrifying and so sad for being like person. That person, like, oh, I can't take my boat to the water. You know, and like you just like it'd be like it is. It would be like a little kid, like letting a little kid down, who always, you you know, that feeling, like, oh man, you know, fuck, you know, and uh, and it is. It's 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 sad and. But, so, anyway, it just kind of just, it kind of becomes, like, even, like, like, even before the credits roll, we all, we get all the way up to the part, part, part where Harriet, like, uh, Nurse St. Clair comes in to talk to her, and she wants to, you know, help her with her doll and all that stuff, and kind of get her straightened out, and then it's like, at right right out of the gate, we've already got
3: Dr. Stevens,
2: Dr. Stevens got whacked with an ax and we don't really know where he is right now. Like, okay, well, where's the, you know, you don't see any police there or ambulances or anybody taking care of him. It's like, where'd he go? You know? And then it's the kid goes on there. You know, St. Clair, she's trying to get out of there. Like you know, I'm retiring I'm you know, like I'm not, I, I'm like you know, but she's still doing her job. She's trying to help Harriet, the lady with the doll. Then Harriet kills her.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just and, like, she grabs up. Her
2: and, like, strangles her and like puts her, like stuffs her into the suitcase and like suffocates her and shit. And then it goes to the opening credits. So we've already got, you know, the the main doctor and 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 the head nurse he was retiring they're both dead now we're what 10 15 minutes in the movie if that
1: Oh, if that you know 10 minutes or less
2: <laughs> so now we we'll roll the credits
1: and then yeah old doc start. stevens didn't last very long i bet he regretted that final decision to give judge the axe i bet i bet right. yeah. <laughs> I might have thought
2: about that like oh you know what is and uh, but we kind of just go straight into it now we've got um uh, we've got uh, our first glimpse of uh, charlotte beale nurse charlotte beale very attractive lady uh she just kind of shows up while during the credits while they're rolling and she shows up at the uh at the house basically like just coming up and knocking on the door and stuff like that and we get a kind of glimpse of what's going on she shows up she's got a suitcase in her hand and basically we kind of get now we get we get the uh we get dr masters pretty much now is in charge
1: Well, yeah, because she comes out like when uh, Dr. Stevens, you know, she is – I'm using air quotes here because we're going to reveal something about her in a little bit. You know, she's his assistant doctor. But when she comes out after Judge, you know, took out Dr. Stevens with the ass, she's like, oh, my God, what happened here? It's like, well, you gave crazy doctor, you know, crazy – Judge Cameron uh, uh, an axe and what do you think happened he's (laughs) the doctor's laying there covered in blood and so is the axe is this like and I, I do love the the fact that when Masters comes out and tries to get the axe from Judge Sam is there with her and he takes the axe she's not concerned that that Sam has the axe because he's you know not a threat but you know the, the judge most certainly is gene ross who plays the judge great character always super intense and super super sweaty i noticed that
2: yeah, yeah this guy looks like a guy you would not hand an axe to like you know i mean he's like you know like why why him
1: and yeah, <laughs> right he's the last one you'd want to give the axe
2: sam's holding the axe and you're like well and then you think like, well you know you know sam you, you kind of learn over the movie like, yeah, you know, he is trustworthy. You know, he's a good, he, he's a good guy, and he like even though anybody could go nuts, you know, and 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 go crazy and and kill people, like we don't. He's got a reason for being there too, but you know, he doesn't, and they trust him, and he's just a he's just a sweet, like a big kid, so there's no there's no problem there. But they do a pretty good they do a pretty good job of setting up Doctor Masters are like kind of taking over, because what happens is when when Nurse Beale comes in. You know, she's not, like, welcomed right away. Like, Dr. Masters.
1: No. Is it because right, straight from those, those beautiful, like, drive-in-style yellow title cars that I love so much? Right. The and then it does just a, you know, quick cut like that. Like, bam. Quick cut right to Nurse Charlotte. Just walking down the long driveway to the place. And when she comes in, she's, she, yeah, like you were about to say, she's not she's not greeted with open arms by the doctor.
2: No. In fact, she's, it's very, it's, it's basically like, like you know, okay, I got it. You're here for the job. Well, you know, Doctor Stevens is dead, you know, and like I'm not, you know, I'm I'm you know basically lets her know that she's taken she's taken over, you know, there, that there was an accident, you know, and, and uh, a terrible accident. and Now she's in charge, and I didn't know anything about it, and Doctor Stevens didn't tell me anything. So, you know, sorry <laughs> you came all the way out of
1: here. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, sorry you quit your job and left a perfectly fine job to come out here. But right. I don't know anything about you, and I'm not going to honor, you know. At first, she's like, "I'm not going to honor Doctor Stevens' obligation to you," but then she kind of realizes, "Oh, you know, Nurse Jane is gone, you know, A.K.A. dead, and Doctor Stevens is dead, so there was only three people, you know, there to be part of the the, the crew, you know, kinda the staff."
2: Like, I kind of like the way, like, you know, it, like, the niceness and the professionalism of of Nurse Beale starts to break her down a little bit, even though she's like, you know well you know too bad you know and it sucks like, to be you and then she was just kind of like going along like she didn't immediately bring out the letter that of recommendation you know and you know whatever the letter of uh, like inviting her like where dr stevens basically wrote a letter saying she's got the job she doesn't pull that out like that have been the first thing i pulled out like look the dude hired me here's the letter she doesn't they have this big long go around you know, where she's, like, basically Masters is telling her, like, you know, like, we don't really need you here, you know, good, you know, maybe you can't, you know.
1: You know. Well, even when she does, like, kind of soften up to her when Masters softens a bit, and she's like, oh, listen, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you in here on a, this is by no means permanent. We're not, I'm not offering you a permanent position, but, you know, your recommendation seems good enough to me we'll, we'll, we'll work you out on a part-time basis. You know, we'll see how you, we'll just see how things work out.
2: Right. And then, and then she gives it, when she gives her that letter where, where, uh, yeah, that kind of
3: seals the deal. We're like,
2: all right, you're in, you know, yeah, she gives her that kind of, you know, well, it's almost like a temporary temp position. Like, we'll, we'll take it week by week or whatever. But,
1: right. Right. The, so, but there's something that, oh, go ahead. Sorry. But, no, go ahead. I was going to say, now I'm going to be giving a a little bit bit away here because we're we're also talking about a movie that is like, you know, it's 51 years old or 50 years old at this point. Right. And, you know, there's obviously something is, uh, you know, I'm going to be crude here, but there's obviously something very fucky going on, you know, with Dr. Masters. And we won't quite give it away yet because there's a wonderful moment in this movie when everything is kind of, brought out in the open and revealed, but like, I don't know about you, but like the first time I saw this, I was probably 15, 16. I I probably saw it about 87, 88. I rented it on VHS, you know, found it at the local video store and rented it. I knew there was something fucking going on with Dr. Masters almost from the get-go. Like something, I didn't know if I knew quite what it was But at the time, but like I knew, like, you know, something clicked in my head that something was not right with her. I'm not sure if that happened with you too, but like, there's a whole lot of warnings and red flags going off, or as I like to say, there's a lot of messages.
2: There there was red, yeah, definitely red flags. There was, there was stuff like, uh, I don't know, it was like you didn't, it isn't like you knew what it was. It was just something was giving you that, that uneasy feeling about her, like, all right,
1: something was just off. Yeah, just off.
2: Maybe it was the whole thing of not really paying any attention to Dr. Stevens. Like that whole thing where, like, you know, the, the head doctor's just been killed with an axe. Like there's nothing in this movie. Like, like there's nothing even really being talked about that except the one thing she gets. Wow, there was a terrible accident. And all. Like, so there's something, there was something odd about her. But
1: she seemed to sweep too much under the rug.
2: Right. It, it seemed a little too, like, latte where you know kind of whatever uh, these terrible things the the thing though that was good about I thought maybe I didn't think about it back when I originally saw it which I don't remember where I if I if I could have seen it at the drive-in because I used to or if I just saw it I don't remember but I but I but I always thought it was later on like when watching it again it was like I always go this this scene just seemed like a scene years ago but this scene was a good scene just set her up as some the showing somebody that would, I don't want to give too much away, but you know, you know what I mean? It just showed that she was, you know, like was a doctor and like, and and was in charge and like, it, it was a good setup as a boss, you know, like she's like, you know what I mean? It was like, it was a yeah. good set her up. Like she's like, she's definitely in charge.
1: Oh so, yeah. She's, she's definitely the larger in charge.
2: <laughs> it was a good setup for like, I'm the boss. So fuck you, you know? And it was, and it was, and it was cool. And this is when we got to see after that conversation. Uh, this was a good where this is when we got that information about uh, Dr. Stevens' philosophy of yep. uh, the philosophy of the patients not being like inmates, you know, locked up and not having even locks on your bedroom door, which,
1: you know, which, it's just treating them as equals. But it just seemed, it seems like a good philosophy, but it seems like a dangerous practice. It seems like a sense.
2: little too, yeah, a little too. Hey, you know what? <laughs>
1: like, a little too loosey goosey.
2: Yeah, a little too, you know, you know, uh, fucking, I don't know that a generation of like that kind of like, oh yeah, you know, everybody can just do what they want. It's like, you know, like, hey man, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a little too hippie. Like, yeah.
1: You know, what I mean? like, you I know, was like, gonna <laughs> say, a little too hippy dippy. <laughs>
2: you know, these these aren't kids that got messed up on drugs and need some help. You know, these these are. <laughs> These are
1: fucking psychos. Psychos that are are like legit killing people. Right. (laughs) My my next note here though is this that uh nurse Charlotte (laughs) should have listened to Mrs. Callingham. Well I was like Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say what she's like, get out, you know, get out, get out of here, and never come back. And this is like, uh like I'm like, message. (laughs) <laughs> she's trying to tell you something <laughs>
2: this is i was gonna give some props here to, to this is the scene basically right at the bat where nurse uh, she, uh nurse Beale, yep. she's the first night there she's just taking a shower she's kind of you know looking around She got her t- hair up in a towel and just kind of walking around and just a you know, gorgeous lady and she's just kind of like kind of getting a feel of the place and she walks out and this is when we meet the amazing Rhea McAdams who plays Mrs. Callingham. that she is obviously she is the uh, like the oldest person uh, yeah yeah
1: and, and she's just like you know she's not necessarily dangerous she's just you know is a little she's a senile i think she
2: but she's wise like it's that per thing a thing with old people that know stuff like she's yep. very wise she comes across at first like she's just kind of like, you know, because she's obviously, you know, sadly, you know, she's senile and, you know, very in the throes of, you know, late stage dementia and shit like that. But she seems like, you know, she's very grandmotherly. Like when she's talking, you're looking, oh, this sweetheart. She, she just seems like a sweet old lady that just whatever happened in her life, you know, the chips are, you know, she got handed, like, whatever happened.
1: Something and strangely bad. enough, she was only in two movies. She was only in two movies, you know, and uh, it was this one "Don't Look in the Basement" and, and ironically enough, another "Don't" title "Don't Hang Up."
2: Oh, okay. I uh,
1: she yeah. was she was born in eighteen eighty four. So when she did this movie in seventy three, she would have been like oh god, like eight eighty something, almost ninety.
2: Yeah, she she's probably at well eighty yeah eighty four and this movie came out in seventy three. Yeah, 73. she was ninety. Yeah. It was
1: about yeah, about ninety because it says she passed away in eighty two, and she was ninety eight years old when she passed away. So she lived a very nice long life. But just strangely enough that she only uh, did two movies. I thought she did a really great performance. Uh, she put forth a really great performance in this. Movie. I thought
2: she was wonderful in this. It was nice when she would come and it was like it was like one of these things like you were kind of afraid of her a little bit. Like oh, this is crazy, this lady's crazy. Like one of those. Like, probably grab onto you and hold onto you. And like, like oh, she's looking at it with these intense look in her eyes, you know, and she's just, but, but then you look and then there's this bit of sadness. Like, Oh, this poor woman, like, what is she doing here? You know, it's like, she should, you know what I mean? She should be. It's just, yeah. She's,
1: well, she's kind of like, uh, she's a little bit like the crazy Ralph character in the Friday the 13th movies. Right. She, yeah. She's like, she's like a harbinger of doom. She's there to like, she's probably, even though she's senile, you know, and probably has some form of you know the dementia. But at the same time, she's like the probably the person who is the most like self aware of what's going on.
2: What's really going on. But they just like just just the way she worked her eyes and her mouth and the way she grinned. Hey, you know? It was it was it was it, it was great. She was she's lovely. And yeah, she's a great,
1: a great performance.
2: She did a great job. And uh, so now we're just basically we're in daily life now. It's the next morning and and everybody's kind of hanging out in the living room and everybody's just either sitting on couches and you got Danny running around and you've got the what's that other girl's name uh the one that just doesn't say shit.
1: Oh, uh, Jennifer.
2: Jennifer. Yeah, she's just kind of sitting in the corner.
1: Yeah, her she- character is always just kind of in the background, you know, not, you know, saying much is just kind of looking around really nervously very sheepishly you know it's uh yeah just again all around this movie has really great performances
2: yeah well it, it's it, that was the thing about this like, like the cast you're know, like man these these are these, these, these are really good actors and they really put on a good performance like you know you would be this would be this would be very intimidating even if you were visiting, like, you know, if you knew somebody who worked here and you came in and they were all just kind of hanging out in the living room, like, you'd be, I'd be scared. You know, I'd be nervous. Like, I want to
1: get Oh, there. yeah. As, as well you I should.
2: I want to get the fuck out of here. Like, even if they didn't do anything, I'd be like, you know. And then it's just kind of like daily life now. We see, uh, you know, uh, you see Sam and he's sucking on a popsicle. And As then, is this
1: thing, he's always this, he always, popsicles.
2: like,
1: yeah, he, yeah. he loves popsicles, and he always wants to, you know, he, everybody has chores, and when he gets done with his chores, he wants a popsicle.
2: Right, that's, like, his thing, and he gets, gets yep. yep. a for doing his work. And then you got the dude, you got Sergeant, uh, you got uh, uh, Sar- Sergeant Jaffe, that, the, that's uh, Hugh Feagan. He does a cool, cool part. He just kind of shows up. He didn't seem like really dangerous or anything. He's just a guy like he just thinks he's poor guy thinks he's, you know, in the war. Yeah, he's always dressed in his like army greens and army helmet and he's just kind of walking around. So he's, you know, he's talking to, you know, he's talking to Sam and, you know, and he's giving Sam something they got to do later or something. I forget what it
1: was. Uh, he, he tells them to guard the door, what he, that he had something he had to go and do, so he asked Sam to guard the door. And right. Sam abandons his post pretty pretty much right off the bat.
2: Right. <laughs> and then uh, we've got a scene there with uh, Ma- Dr. Masters and, and the Sarge. And then uh, it's cool that they they he, he's stuck in his world, so he keeps referring to Dr. Masters as sir. Like, yes, sir. Like, he's talking to, like, a general or something, you know. He's like, yes, sir. She says whatever he's telling, and she's telling him, and he's like, yes, sir. And he's not being re- disrespectful to her. He just thinks, you know, he's talking to, you know, he's talking to somebody in charge, and he's talking to, you know.
1: Yeah, he's speaking to his his uh, um, commanding officer, so to speak.
2: Officer or whatever, you know. So I thought it was pretty cool writing, you know, like, yeah, you know, he he's not talking to Dr. Masters. He thinks he's talking to, you know, the commander. <clears throat> And uh, which he is, but you know, but he because he knows like that's that's who's in charge.
1: So. Yeah. So,
2: we're, we're,
1: go ahead. Oh no no I was disagreeing with you I was disagreeing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All good man.
2: Oh, that's for, oh I got to let Cameron talk. <laughs> <laughs> <Instead of> rambling. <laughs> so they're they're in the office. I forget what they're going on about. He she's going over this paperwork. And uh, she's going over. Uh, my memory is failing me on this, uh, but she's talking to Beale again.
1: And well, she's uh, going over the history of each of the of oh, our, our our patients. She's right. kind of given the the story, like Sam was, you know, was uh, you know, was a violent person, but he had got been given a, a lobotomy, and it was a botched lobotomy that. Uh, yes, yes, right.
2: Which yeah, is, and like. Yeah. Then. That-
1: that- uh, I think that they, they went over like out the um, oh the Allison character who was basically uh, a nymphomaniac that just had violent tendencies and that had been really like screwed over bad by men in her life and you know had, had a husband that left her for a younger woman and kicked her out of the, you know her home and the judge had been, you know, somebody that was just overly stressed by his job and snapped, which, you know, it's kind of obvious when you, you see that he uh hacks up, <laughs> you know. He's pretty wound. You know? yeah, he's very tight, tightly wound. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way of putting it. The good, very good way of putting it. yeah, yeah, she's just going over the, the the files and just kind of going over and this is where we get the first hint that something is, is up because she does get to one file that she skips. I don't know if you caught that. Ah, uh,
2: yes, you're right.
1: She gets the one file, and she just kind of takes the big file card and puts it at the bottom of the pile and doesn't say anything.
2: Or something, doesn't she? She, like, sticks it in the drawer or something.
1: Yeah, 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 she sticks it in the, in the drawer. So, yeah, there's, a, there's was, something a little fucky-fucky going like, on.
2: okay, right. Uh, when you start hiding shit, something's going on. <clears throat> and then uh, this is pretty cool scene. Uh, they go, this is where... I think we first really get an eye on allison which is a pretty girl that she's yeah she's the nymphomatic she's troubled. like she's yeah gonna that's
1: the one played by betty chandler
2: yes and it, she's great in this and then so you got uptight judge you know and he's like check he's looking at himself in the mirror and he's always dressed like he's you know at, at court you know he's got his he's got his little vest on or whatever and his tie and he's looking at himself and then she's she's kind of messing with him like she's she's always she always reminds me of, you know, she comes in to kind of get you in her web, like she's talking to you. And then, you know, she's of course, she's she's got her issues. And then she wants to she gets very clingy and wants you to like she wants to have sex with you. And it's just but she's, you know, and so she
1: kind she of just wants. I mean, and it's it's sad because even when they give like her story, it's a sad story. You know, she just wants somebody to, to it's an ongoing motif of her talking to, to people like this. She just wants somebody to tell oh. her that she that they love her. That's all she yeah. wants,
2: and and that's a it's like that's again goes back to the cool writing with the characters. Like it's not like it's not like they're just crazy. Like that's it, that's sad. And this is like what it's like, you know, you know, people like, you know, she wants to be hugged and loved and that. But then the scariness comes in where she grabs you and like wants you to like you know like and make start
1: screaming scream. and and getting scream. kind of violent.
2: And then, you know, you said you love me. And you're like, oh, fuck, you know, like.
1: (laughs) Again, like I I have written down several times in my my notes here, message. (laughs) Got a message for you.
2: (laughs) Right, right, you know. And then, you know, like the thing with the judge where she kind of like, now she's standing there, you know, and she's like kind of pulled her own top down. You know, it's like, you know, he's not trying to rape her, but it's like scary. It's like she wants to be like. Like you know, have sex, and then but she, but she wants somebody to love her. So it's just scary. The whole thing is just kind of terrifying because you're like, what's going on? You it's it's.
1: Sad. Well, you don't know when which these people is what when the switch is going to flip and they're going to go from seemingly normal as can be to like full blown wackaloon crazy, full well, toopy t- nuts.
2: Episode, yeah, just a total psychotic episode. We're like,
1: yeah, you know, when just she's just... coming on... When she's coming on to the judge, he says something. He's like, what's that smell? And she's like, oh, it's strawberries. Like, And she's like, do you like it? Smell me. Smell me. And then he gets that weird look because he's always got a crazed look in his eye. The Gene Ross, great actor. I mean, he he pulls off the character very well. But he has a line that I wrote down here. And he's like, ripe strawberries are the co- color of blood. I'm like, again, message. <laughs> <Right>.
2: <laughs>
1: and this one, she starts you know, she goes from, oh, smell it, this ripe strawberries, and then she just starts screaming, taste me, taste me. It's like, okay, then.
2: Yeah, well, even just like, yeah, that language is like crazy, you know, like, oh, boy, you know, and it's a, and it's a tense scene, you know, and he just wants to, her to get the hell out of there, and he almost doesn't get what's going on, like, what's with her, you know, like, you know, like, and then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's good. It, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it rattles your nerves, you know, because they just turn on a dime, you know, you're like, it's, it gets every one of them. Like, like I kept saying, like, if there's if there was ever a good movie to probably pretty close portray like just the craziness that goes on in these things that we never really know about, it's got if this movie, like, I think, you know, like touches on that a lot because it's a lot of sadness, a lot of yeah. crazy. Like,
1: it's know, a huh? very, like, I will say this, you know, for it's a very entertaining movie, but it's a very depressing, sad film at the same time. Like, I I can't watch this a whole bunch of times. Like, I can't watch this a whole lot. But every once in a while, it's just like, you know, hey, I got to I got to watch this again. I got to I got to put this one on. But it is a very sad, depressing kind of movie.
2: Well, yeah, precisely, because that is, you know, like, uh, you know, I just I just, I remember. I remember. Back in the 70s, and my dad had uh, had some friends that were kind of like in some homes, and we'd go visit them, like guys that were like in like that that he knew that had issues that were just kind of in. They weren't really psych wards or anything. They were just more like old folks homes, and mm-hmm. they were, were kind of you know, they were sanitariums, kind of like, and you go to visit them and. And you just see was people out in the hall in wheelchairs, just kind of draped over, like you know, with their mouths open and just kind of, uh, you know, just completely out of it. And when he'd go visit, like a couple of these old friends of his, and see how they were doing. And you know, it was kind of like, and we'd go in there, and it was a little, it was kind of scary, you know. It was, but it was always like, yeah, just sad. It was kind of sad, like even when you were leaving, like these people are stuck here, you know. It's like, uh, you know, and maybe maybe they're getting help, maybe they're not, but it's like they got. or are they
1: even getting the you know the right kind of help yeah so it's uh you
2: know and there's this movie it's like there's this thing there's this kind of running thread like this sense of dread throughout the whole thing like oh this is this this just oh
1: yeah especially with the next scene after because we get another uh scene of mrs counting giving another one of her warnings you know get get out of this place there's something evil here
2: right right And, and uh and it's just it, it's it's it, the, the one thing I have to say about this movie, especially from a filmmaker's point of view, is like we and I think we all like i think all especially low budget filmmakers like you know you think oh you know like have keeping like you as a writer you can easily overwrite what your budget is and just like write all these places and locations and all kinds of shit. but this movie was literally filmed in one building and uh and and it is well at least we think it is. And then, uh, you know, and it's like, what a, you know, they really keep it entertaining how they just keep going around it room to room. They've got different things going on and it's very well done, you know, and I'm not trying to get to the thing where we're talking about, you know, the overview, but like, it's just like, it's, it's interesting how they just keep, you know, it's an hour and a half long, but it's still, even the parts are a little slower. It still keeps rolling. You know, Yeah. it's like, there's not, you're not stuck in, like, endless long conversations of shit that just, the, the movie keeps moving, and that's what I like it, like, the story is progressing, even the crazy shit, like, now we've got a situation where now the phone doesn't work, and you saw somebody with clippers clipped the wires, okay, so what's going on there, you know, and so they're yep. going around, and, you know, and then, you know, Nurse Beale, God bless her, she's trying to help everybody, and she she kind of tucks in uh, Mrs. Callaghan, and then she's in bed, and and then you know, there's kind of more stuff going around with other patients. She gets a couple of coffee. Sam,
1: though. Uh, the one thing I got to talk about at this point, <clears throat> Sam keeps mentioning, uh, Doctor Stevens has messages for for Nurse Beale, but like he keeps talking about uh, Doctor Stevens in the present tense as if he's still alive. And of course, Masters is just like, you know. He's just confused, you know, he thinks, master, you know, that Stevens is still alive. But, you know, it's it's an interesting concept once you get to the, the end and you figure out what's really going on here. But, yeah, Sam keeps talking about Dr. Stevens in the present tense. So keep that in mind, folks.
2: Right. Correct. And 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 then this is like we've been kind of going along here with kind of the wackiness and the crazy stuff going on. And we know the ph- now the phone doesn't work. So somebody is definitely up to something. Something's going on. And then we get to something that's just horrible, horrible. It's that morning, then you know, where you know, and Miss Beale, uh, Nurse Beale, is making her rounds, so and she walks in, and uh, there's Jennifer sitting, and I think she's kind of looking at her, and she's a sinner, and she goes into Mrs. Callingham's room. So she looks, and she notices there's some blood on the bed, and down next to the bed is Mrs. Callahan, and she's uh, and uh, she's got blood all over her mouth, and it's just, it's horrible, you know. And and she's thinking they find out that uh, her tongue had been cut out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And it's just a horrible thing because she's just like, like, oh my god, what? Who did this to this poor woman?
1: Yeah, just for yeah. like pretty much defenseless, helpless old woman. You know.
2: Yeah, you know, it's just like, oh, like what the fuck? Hey, so what happened now? So yeah, okay.
1: exactly. Masters again blows it off, saying, yeah. "Oh, she must have done it to herself. She couldn't have felt any pain because you know she she it was almost an out of body experience." And it's like, no, Master, she did not. Appar- it's pretty yeah. apparent she did you're, not do that.
2: You're almost getting mad. Well, you are getting mad. It's like, don't explain this away. You know, she didn't take her thing out and not feel anything. You know, cut her own tongue out. I mean anything could happen, you know, if you're out of if you're out of your mind, I guess she, she could have, but she didn't do that. And she's just explaining it away. So now it's like the 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 weirdness knob is really starting to get turned up, you know, like okay, this is and we all know this place is already bad, you know, bad shit's happening.
1: Yeah, your hair every hair on the back of your neck and on your arm should be standing on end at this point.
2: <laughs> like, you know, worp, worp, get the hell out of there. Warning. Here. And Right, and, uh, and so it's terrible. You know, and then you see her there, and you're like, oh, God, it's it's, it's so fucked up, you know? Because it's sad. It's not like it, like some somebody, a quick kill on something, and, like, it's just a regular slasher. Like, you don't really care, you know? This just like, I mean, you might, depending on the character, but, you know, this. Yeah,
1: yeah, right, yeah, maybe. Sad,
2: you know? <laughs> right. But well, probably not. But this is, like, <laughs> it's not her, you know? It's like, you know, she's there, and it's sad as fuck. You know, like, oh, shit. So now they're going through that. And then, uh, so, you know, uh, Masters, Dr. Masters is basically like we just talked about. She's kind of explaining it all away. Like, you know, almost like, well, you know, this you know, this happens, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. like, you know she, must like, have,
1: she must have cut her tongue. I mean, like, did she think she accidentally cut her tongue off or did she
2: right. bite it
1: off? You know, I mean, like. Uh,
2: right. How did this happen? There's no investigation. You know, like, where is she? You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, oh, well, well you know.
1: Yeah, just kind of again sweeping it under the rug
2: right so now we get to uh to get the scene where uh this this kind of goes into my uh thing that we'll talk about later but <laughs> the uh we get we get the phone guy he shows up
1: oh ray, ray. the repairman this ray. guy is in trouble from from the get go
2: Ray Daniels, he shows up. Now, this guy is, this, you, know, this guy job, uh, and, uh, you know, he's just a guy doing his job. And, you know, he's just kind of looking around. And then he sees, well, then he sees Mrs. Calliam at the top of the stairs. And, of course, you know, he's trying to, like, get some information. Like, hey, you know, he's trying to figure out what, you know, he's trying to shake her hand and meet her and shit. And, and, then, and, then, uh, and then we got uh, the judge. He kind of walks into the scene. And so they're talking. And then she's like, you know, like, can't talk. Uh, because her tongue's out, so she's kind of going along. It looks horrible. She's got her, you know, like lips all like, uh, 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 you know, and it's just like, oh,
1: it's fun? so sad. It's so sad to watch. Right,
2: right it is. And uh, and so this thing just the scene just kind of drags along. Like I don't mean drag in a bad way, but it's just like, like when is this the phone guy like like I need to go call the police. Something's weird going on here. Like
1: he just right. Got like, a bunch it, of red flags going going off, and he's not paying it, attention to any of these.
2: It's like a ticker tape parade, of red flags dropping from you know from the sky. It's like, when are you gonna get it? Like this, like you need to leave,
1: you know. And he's
2: just kind of going on, and even like, uh, there's a, scene, <laughs> it's a scene where uh, a Judge, yeah, I think he reaches over and he grabs a screwdriver out of his belt, and then he's, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh, you know, like, this guy is as dopey as they get you know like he's, he seems like a nice guy he's just trying to do his job but like
1: he's he's you know, not he's not paying attention to any of these messages he's that, getting, that he's being he's sent getting,
2: right he's not getting any messages like you know he's, so he's holding on to it and then he finally yeah, yeah. The,
1: the note i wrote down was ray you in trouble you in right, big right, trouble is,
2: right and it just keeps going you know like he, he the, the judge is kind of standing there holding it, like he's gonna stab him He's like, Yeah, because
1: he's pointing the screwdriver at him like right at his his torso, and it's just like, um, red flag again, red flag.
2: Like pretty menacingly, like because the judge is kind of big guy too. You know, he's standing there and and he's just kind of like, and then he and then and then he kind of lifts it up almost like he's got a knife. He kind of lifts it up real quick and he kinda jumped back. He's like, Hey, you mind giving me my screwdriver back, pal? And so he's <laughs> like, I, like I'd be the fuck out of there.
1: I'd be like, I don't need to investigate this. We'll send the next guy. we we'll somebody else. Or,
2: or nothing else. Call like cops. You know, like I'm gonna call my boss. Like, dude, I'm getting the hell out of here. We're calling the cops. There's something going on here. But um, so now he just keeps going along, and then uh, uh, he meets. Uh, was he? meets He meets Doctor uh, Masters at one point. He's
1: kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going up, he's going up the stairs and he runs into her and she is like all sorts of like tore up about him being there. Like, who are you? Why are you here? And he's trying to explain to her that like, I mean, we, we got some weird, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. He's got like, we got some weird you know, feedback about your electrical currents or the, the currents with the phone box, and I'm here to investigate, well, why didn't you contact us? You should have contacted us before you came here. Well, like, and he says the same thing we're all thinking. It's like, well, you didn't have a phone. How in the hey. hell was I supposed oh. to contact you without coming here? Right. I think, doesn't she lead him to the, the, the garage, not the garage, God, what am I saying there? Doesn't she lead him to the closet where the phone box is and he's like yeah
2: You basically go back downstairs and then uh the uh the the girl with the uh baby she's walking up so he's kind of looking at her and she walks up and then so dr masters takes him to her like like this closet and then opens the door and like kind of shows him where these wires are and he's like oh okay so he's just kind of looking at these things and, and then so this is where this is going to get bad. There's no, there's no way around it. The stranger in this house is repairman, and then um, our lady Allison uh, uh, comes comes rolling in.
1: Oh and yeah, and the Ray should have ran. He should have just it, ran right then and there.
2: Right, right. So she basically basically does the same game that she's rolling on uh, on Judge. And, of course, you know, he's kind of like, ah, yeah, yeah, you're a nice-looking lady. I'm like, well, well, you know, but, you know, he, he's not doing anything. You know? like He's just like, I'm trying to just fix the fucking phone, you know.
1: He's a very nice guy. He's just like, you know, he's just like, you know, hey, you know, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm just here to fix the phones. That's all I'm here for. Right. So,
2: you know, and then, of course, she's coming on to him. And then she's not, you know, she's turning the heat up. And he's kind of like, uh, you know, he's kind of trapped in this closet. And she's standing in front of the thing you know like kind of the doorway and she's like so he's he's just kind of it's just the the banter is even uncomfortable
1: yeah because she she ends up like forcing him back into the closet closes the door behind her and he's like the last thing i think you hear is him go oh look what you've done
2: right yeah something like that so
1: and then that's just the last time well at least for a very last time for a very long time that we see ray you just you know what i mean this all of a sudden it's this oh He's just gone. There's never no question of what happened to the phone guy. Not, not did the phones ever get fixed? Cause you know, of course they never did, but you know, <laughs> right. You and can only, only suspect really that something bad happened to him.
2: Right. Like, okay. Did they have sex? What happened? Where's Ray? You know, like, you know, like we just don't know, you know, after that, after the closet door closes and, uh, and, uh, that's, that's basically, yeah, you're right. That's, that's all we see for Ray right now. And, uh, moving right along, so we
1: yeah. Is Yeah, it's just kind of like they, they push that one out of your mind, but don't worry, folks. We will see Ray again. We will see Ray again.
2: So we're basically back. We're basically doing rounds and checking in on people, and we got...
1: Uh... Well, Danny jumps up. Sam is walking along, and he's got a, a ring? No, a watch in his hand that he's playing with. Yeah, and right. Danny... J- and Danny, the, the 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 dickhead prankster, jumps out and tries to scare him and knocks the, the watch out of his hands. And then we get right. to see a little bit of a glimpse that Sam, you know, has some brute strength when he wants to because he knocks Danny down. And Danny's like, you hurt me. You hurt me. And he runs off. And Sam is just like, you're not going to tell me, are you? You're not going to tell on me just as much as like a little kid would.
2: Right. It's like if
1: anybody doesn't want to get in. He just doesn't want to tr- get in trouble.
2: If anybody needs a fucking kick in the fucking, you know, in the ass, it's Danny. Like, you know, you know, he needs a smack upside head like enough, boy. Like, just get out of here. Fuck, just leave me alone. But, you know, he, he. but yeah, he does. But it turns into that thing where that's a good, good character for Sam. You know, it's like he throws him down like, oh, you know, and then it's like he's worried about, you know, like getting in trouble like any other leg, like, like a little kid would. You know, even though Danny totally deserves every bit of this.
1: Oh, he totally deserved to be knocked on his ass,
2: right? And, and really, I mean, it wasn't even that bad. He just got knocked on his ass, but you know, so now, uh, you know, fucking So, uh, so he uh, he picks up the watch, and then walks off. And now he's scared because, like, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. So he's just kind of like he's got this worried look on his face. And then, um, then we got <clears throat> we do this kind of weird thing. It just kind of jumps into this. We've got. Uh, 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 if I remember yeah, it's nurse Beale she's in her room ironing her uniform. So oh, yeah
1: yeah yeah,
2: just the end of the day or or what's going on but she's ironing she's kind of like in her night her like you know whatever they call it her slip and she's and she's ironing her her, her her nurse uniform and then she's putting it on a hanger and then she goes to put it in the closet and then just kind of out of the blue, uh, uh jennifer just comes flying out of the door with a knife in her hand like a big butcher knife
1: yeah it, it is really out of left field there the jennifer's attack on sharp or Nurse charlotte in their, in their yeah.
2: and uh so she's got her down on the bed she's holding this knife where like oh my god this is getting you know and then so uh, uh dr masters comes in and uh she basically rescues her and now we're assuming it's nighttime, obviously, because now, you know, Dr. Man, everybody's in their nightgowns. And uh, you see, you know, so it was nighttime. And and then Masters kind of wrestles her out the door. Um, Allison kind of comes up behind her and I kind of trying to help her out. And then Masters gives her a good slap across the face. And then it just knocks the wind out of her. It's just kind of like she just – like Jennifer's just down, like, ah. Oh, oh, like, like it just took all the – whatever – like she either could have went crazy and went after masters, but she didn't just the slap kind of took her back yeah it.
1: It, it takes the piss and vinegar right out of her.
2: It just knocked all the fight out of her and then she gets taken back to her room and masters it. and now now uh understandably nurse Beale is like i gotta i I gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah. Like I I She's I,
1: finally starting to see these uh as I continuously keep saying, these red flags that are going off all around her. She's just like, All right, something's not right around here.
2: Right. So uh so she's so now it's it's basically uh it's basically uh, Masters in the room with her and they're kind of talking about it, and then Masters walks out yeah, with the knife and takes the knife out of there.
1: Yeah, and the way that Masters is holding the knife as she's walking away is just I, like, mm.
2: Yeah, she's kind of holding it, pointing it. Yeah, it's very, it's kind of weird. Very, very menacing looking. And then, uh, and then so that goes. And then now we've got, uh, well, and then we kind of go into Judge's room and he's talking to, uh, he's talking to Sam. And
3: yeah. then,
2: And uh, what's going on there again? He's looking out the window and he's kind of, Sam's, Sam is in another shirt. So it looks like it's like later on either at nighttime, but then it's weird because Judge kind of looks out the window and it's not really dark. So I don't really know if, if we're I'm – I'm not sure if we remember. Are we, are we in the next morning or what? I'm not 100%. I think
1: it's the next morning. Yeah. Because the, because it transitions from the scene where Judge is talking uh, to Sam, and Sam's mentioning Dr. Stevens again, again talking about him in the present tense. Right. You know, and he's like he's – he's you know, Dr. Stevens, you know, he wants to know what's going on. He wants to know what was happening with Nurse, Nurse Beale. And then it transitions from that scene – to uh danny entering uh allison's room where he starts coming on to her and he starts telling her oh you're so pretty and he's like you know and he starts to like unbutton her shirt and then in true you know danny the prick's fashion he just starts cackling he's got that cackle that laugh like a hyena he just starts laughing at her and makes fun of her and like to, to the point where she runs out of the room and he just like is laying there on the bed just cackling and laughing like a fucking hyena and you know, I think this is the point where you start, where I made the note that things are really, like, literally starting to come apart at the seams. Like everybody is on edge, all the patients are on edge and falling apart at the seams. <laughs> the doctor
2: like just going from room to room and bad shit's happening. Like you know, it's like every it's right. episodes of like you know somebody did something now, this person set off, you know, and it's like, and then. Uh, allison's crying and freaking out in her room and then the judge comes into her room with the her yellow top because you know he took she took her top off and you know when when danny was like messing around with her and so he he comes in and he just hands her like her it's like this yellow top she's laying on her bed like on her stomach. and he comes in and gives her gives her the top and so there's like a kind of nice moment for a minute. yeah it's,
1: it's it's like one of the the one of the only like caring kind of comforting moments that the judge has right he's still talking about it and you know like like the shirt is evidence i think he refers to the shirt as evidence but he hands it back to her but he's always always talking as if everything's a case
2: right and he always like like whenever something gets gets heated he he he, he inter- he, he says his full name.
1: Yeah, yeah. He always said Judge Oliver W. Cameron. Right. Scott. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. if they were ever to remake this movie, I would gladly play the uh, Judge yeah. Oliver W. Yeah. Scott Cameron.
2: <laughs> Cameron, and then just make it like a real obvious overdub was Scott.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep.
2: But like somebody else's different voice, like Scott.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah course obviously there's been painfully overdub like one of those european movies
2: cameron's god
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'd still do it i still play that part right, right.
2: Oh, of course really. and uh so yeah this is this is basically now where like things are getting ramped up and and so we kind of go back we're just kind of floating around room to room danny's kind of walking around the halls he goes in of course he's Starts messing with Sarge again. The Sarge is is in like a denim. He's he's out of his uniform, but he's still he's still on duty. You know what I mean? He's still. I, I
1: think it's one of the only times we see Sarge out of uniform.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I believe so. And he's just kind of like you know. So Danny's messing with him, like, oh, let me give me the binoculars. Yeah, give me the binoculars. Like, yeah, you just want to beat the shit out of Danny at this point. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know. Yeah. Sarge he's basically he's he's doing like he just he's he's just looking out for the bad guys. He's looking out for the enemy troops coming in, you know. Yeah, he's like, just
1: like doing recon and shit.
2: Right, right. Just, right, exactly. You know, he's like, you know, shit. So and so we so we're going around and and basically it's just it's just room to room shit now. You know, we got masters running up the stairs seeing what's going on. Danny runs out of the room. And then uh this is interesting. I'll let you explain it. He does this, she, she's talking to uh masters dr masters is talking
1: to to uh when she's talking to sarge right and
2: this is
1: well yeah this is there's a scene that precedes this where she um finds that her her uh her desk has been ransacked and a file is missing right And and she comes up to him and she sees the file this big placer card is on there and it's shown so quick that you unless you uh pause it you can't really read it and i I didn't pause it to read it i should have i should have done my due diligence and done that but she starts telling sarge you know like you you know you might be in the military but remember i'm the one in charge i'm the one that is you know i give the orders you follow them so she takes the the file crumples it up sets it on fire tells him to hold out his hand right and she and she lays the paper while it's on fire and tells him to hold it until it goes out and this is the point where I, I think we can kind of let it out of the bag here. At least, you know, I feel it's an appropriate time. It's, it's apparent that Masters is crazy, too. Right. That she, she is as crazy as everybody else. You know, I don't think they come out and spell it out right then and there. But, you know, it's a, it's a scene that comes much later on. But she is a, she's a patient as well as everybody else. She is She may have been a doctor, but she is no longer a doctor. It's right. like everybody here, it's like, you know, like the judge was somebody that was uh, a someone in a position of authority. The sergeant was somebody that was in a position of authority. And the doctor, Dr. Geraldine, Dr. Geraldine Masters, was somebody that was in a position of authority as well. But now they're right. all they're all here, you know. But it's a, this is the point to me, like, I mean, I, I think I always knew something was off about her. But, like, when she tells him to hold out his hand and lets the pe- paper burn in his hand, I'm like, okay, this lady is as insane as everybody else here.
2: And it's interesting, the lighting in this thing not getting too artsy-fartsy, but I noticed it seemed like they were lighting it from from below. So looked
3: mm-hmm.
2: a little sinister in that scene. Like, I know, like, the whole thing is kind of dark now, and it's kind of weird. But it's like, it was really, she looked really creepy making him hold that paper that's burning in his palm you know and like you know and then he's there and it's just the lighting was like that may have been that way all the whole time but it was just weird it
1: looked oh like, i noticed the lighting change i noticed it too you know when she it
2: was like yeah and it was like just it, you know you're like oh this this isn't like a sheet like yeah exactly this is where you're like you're really going like all right, this yeah, there's something really going on here. Like, no doctor would have done that. <laughs> yeah, Apparently it's just are.
1: like okay, it's like you know, it may not be apparent, like, at least uh, you know what the story is with her, but y- you realize that she's at least, uh, if anything, at the very least, cruel as hell. Right. And uh, but, but then there's a weird transition because it transitions to the the the, the next day, or I'm assuming this the next day because uh, Nurse Beagle charlotte is out with danny in the garden because she continuously you know there's a scene earlier where she took uh mrs Callingham out in the garden and and a walk through the garden but now she's taken danny in the garden and It's shot. This is the point I made a note here. It's kind of awkward shit and it's framed really bad because their heads are cut off the entire time. I don't know if that was like deliberately done like that or if that was just like a mistake by the cinematographer. But it's like shot from a low angle looking up between all these like marigolds and these daisies and everything. And she's asking him about his family and asking him where he was from. I think he says he was from somewhere in, in like Daytona or something like that or somewhere in Florida. And
2: it is, it is a weird shot. <laughs>
1: but he, like, you know, he says, I can't remember what she says to him, but, you know, says it's time to go in. So he gives her a kiss on the cheek and he runs in. And then it has this, again, there's a couple of weird cuts here, but that's what you get with some of these older, especially flicks from the 70s, where it's, I think the next scene is later on that night. She is sleeping in bed and Danny right. attempts to attack her. Right. And oh yeah, it's such a creepy thing because you know he's e- he's either going to try to strangle her, stab her, rape her, or whatever. But he's he's got something nefarious in mind.
2: And then it just gets weirder because now the judge shows up and he pushes Danny away, and now we got we got him standing over her, and she's just like mouth agape, you know, like what? Ah! And and then go ahead explain that.
1: That. Well, yeah, the the judge's dialogue, you know, he starts talking about like he starts giving a little bit of backstory, and he's like, uh, he has a line here, which I wrote down. He's like, I I choose perfect moments to right. d- display my my I, I can't remember what he says here. Display my affections or display something, but he's like, his dialogue is far creepier than the attack by Danny. He's like, I just ch- choose perfect moments in time to do these kind of things. And this is like, I think this one, if, if if she didn't realize before what was going on and what was happening, she's realizes now that she has got to get like, the fuck out of there.
2: Holding an ax, you know, like the whole time. Yeah. He's, blind, he's got an ax in his hand. Like it was like, you know, yeah,
1: very well sharpened, well polished ax too, by the way.
2: But, right. <laughs> so he was ready to, you know they do something like well but maybe this wasn't the perfect time
1: yeah he's just like yeah i'm just waiting for the perfect moment it's like lady get the fuck out of there please
2: because they they go to the next scene i think if i remember right she's standing like like again back at the medicine cabinet just talking with a clipboard talking to masters like it's just like back another day at work and it's like fuck somebody like like this weird kid was about to attack you and maybe rape you or kill you or and or this old crazy judge with an axe in his hand came to visit you. Like, you know, like enough. <laughs>
1: you know? Enough is enough. I would have just packed my bags and got the hell out of there. Or maybe she just really needed the job that bad. I don't know.
2: Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh so then and it's kind of weird because now we've got uh obviously Masters is looking for something.
1: She well, back. she's uh, – there's missing medication. Right. She's she right. she doesn't – I don't think she says what kind it is, but there's, like, a couple of vials of this and a vial or two of that that's m- missing. And then Masters, I think, ransacks is it Jennifer's room and finds the missing medication?
2: I believe so. Yeah, she's kind of going through all the drawers and just kind of whipping through the shit. And, uh, <clears throat> and then she finds something.
1: Yeah, she finds the vials –
2: I, she pulls him out and she's like, she's just sitting there
3: looking at him, of course.
1: Well, it cuts back to Sam. He, He's cleaning up. He's doing his household chores.
2: Yeah, there's a weird thing where he's doing his chores and then somebody's, who's looking through the, there's a hole.
1: Well, yeah. There's a there's a hole where, where the doorknob is. He sticks his finger in and pulls the doorknob open, and pulls the door open, and he sees something that scares him because it, it's just a shot on his face and his right. eyes bug out. And he goes up and, and he gets Allison and he takes her down to show it to her. And when he opens the door this time, you see it. It's it's Ray the the mechanic, not the mechanic, but the Ray Daniels. The uh, the the but we
2: the, see Jennifer. So it was Jennifer. who was looking through the hole.
1: That's it. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. She runs
2: off, she runs off back to the, it's her room. I think that gets ransacked. Yeah. And so she's looking and then obviously she sees that her shit's been gone through. You know, so she's all freaking out, like you know, because oh, now her, you know, it's been discovered. You know, she stole this shit, and then so she's she's having her breakdown. We've got oh, this is where she goes to confront. She goes to confront Doctor Masters. Then she mm-hmm. goes to her office, and then this is like, and this is a fucked up scene here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah, because this is where we. Start. I mean, like, I, I think if it's not apparent right now that the, that Masters is a patient like everybody else, it, you're just not paying attention. You're just right. not paying attention. Well, this
2: is a I- pretty cool kill. This is she. She comes in. Jennifer finds the drugs on the desk. But there's this big, sharp, like, thing that you put, like, the old thing you used to do. You put receipts on, and you just stab them through the, through the paper. Yeah, we got
1: one of those at the restaurant. It's yeah. like for place, put, placing tickets on and stuff. Yeah,
2: tickets on the thing. And then, so she's looking down to get her drugs. Of course, her, she's eye level over this big, spiky, like, receipt holder. And then, of course, a hand comes into the screen and, like, slams her hand into it. So now her, you know, it got rammed into her eye. So now it's like okay, it's on. This is this is. I mean, it's been getting bad for crying for crying out loud. Right, but right. Now this is. <clears throat> so we 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 go to that, and this is where uh, Sam gets. Um, this is where Sam gets gets uh, Allison.
1: Yeah, it does. Get, yeah, the, and that's where he goes and shows her that it's Ray that's been hacked <laughs> up and is laying in this closet.
2: So of course she's going nuts. Ah!
1: She's like, but he told me that he loved me.
2: He loved me, so that whole scene is fucking fucked up.
1: You well, know? and this is the point where, like, I, I was actually, you know, the first time I watched this, I think I, I was confused whether or not Allison had killed Ray, or if it was Masters that killed Ray. But the way that Allison reacts, she basically says it straight out that she didn't want she didn't want him to take me away from here. She didn't want him to infiltrate this place and that it was the doctor that was indeed the doctor that hacked up Allison. So Allison and Ray probably got it on in the closet and he was going about fixing uh, the phones and, you know, even though it's never completely spelt out, I think we can rest assured that it was Masters, Dr. Masters that killed Ray.
2: Killed him and just left him in there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's what I took from it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because Allison spills the beans to Charlotte that Masters is a patient, that she was a failed doctor. She'll kill anybody that threatens to expose her, and it all becomes a lot clearer as to what the hell is going on.
2: This is a scary scene because Allison's back on her bed, and she's just kind of, like, on her knees, like, on her bed. And then Nurse Beale's kind of on their bed with her. Like trying to calm her down, but trying to figure out what's going on, and this is where yeah, she starts explaining to her that you know that Masters isn't who she says she is, and that she's a patient. So this is a this is a good twist. I mean, if you haven't gotten it by now, this would be this is something you're like, holy fuck! Like right, you know, right. Like she was a doctor, but she's here. She's a patient. She just took over as a doctor. You know, yeah. When, when
1: the when the official doctor, Doctor Stevens, was killed in the exactly. beginning
2: right i she just took over and everybody was going along with it you know and and so this is kind of like now like, womp, womp, womp. like yeah oh, what you know and this is
1: just what, what? yeah exactly <laughs> like that's the big reveal like now it's like everything is out in the open every, every, so, well almost everything there's still one more little t- there's there's a, one more twist getting ready to come
2: yeah and so this whole thing is yeah, I mean, she's crying and, you know, and like Beal's kind of crying and trying to comfort her, but it's like, it's terrifying. It's like, 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 where the fuck am I? Like, I'm trapped in this mental hospital with the doctor supposed to be the doctor who's one of the patients. I'm trapped in here with a bunch of fucking mental patients.
1: Yeah, like, and she's like the only person there that's not a patient. But there's a twist with that, too, because she, right. she starts to go. She has to get, she says at one point, she asks Mrs. Callingham, you know, is, is is Masters a patient here? And she kind of na- nods and kind of mumbles in her own way that, yeah, Masters is a, a patient.
2: I, she confirms it. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah just-
1: she says to her, you know, she says, I have to hear it from each and every one of you. She talks to Sarge, she talks to Sam, she talks to everybody. Like, I need to hear from each and every one of you that that the doctor is, is a patient here. But it's when she gets to the judge this is the creepy part when he's like i i even wrote down this doctor the the this dialogue here and he's like we've been informed about you you're a patient here just like us right. Like she told us you're a patient here because you're just was a you know like uh, i i can't remember everything he said but he's like you're a patient here too and this is kind of like rubro raggy you know
2: like 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 there's no convincing these other people that you're not a patient as well like if dr could be a patient. What's uh, you're not a fucking nurse. You're you're also one of us, you know. One and, of
1: us. You know, one of us. Google gobble google.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're like you're not. You know, like whoever you say you are, we know the story. You're yeah. too. You know, like you know, it's like, like so, one of us. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, fuck. You know, so there's this there that so she's kind of back, kind of doing a thing to got this shadowy wall where he's standing there in his robe explaining all this shit. And so she's kind of backing off like, oh my God. You know, like, it's like this is a... So now it's like, it's just like discovery time. Weird shit's going on now. Allison goes in... It's
1: full tilt boogie crazy from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Everything is just one moment of craziness leading to the next moment of craziness. Right.
2: So now we've got Nurse Beale like kind of running away from, from the judge. Now we've got uh, Allison running into master's office to like confront her. And then she loses these Jennifer with the fucking thing sticking out of her eye.
1: Yeah. And, and, and masters is almost catatonic. You can tell by the, like the look in her eyes as she is just.
2: Right. She's scary. The, just scary, the, yeah. mannequin face. Just like, just like it's, she, it's awful. So she goes to the medicine cabinet and she's going to get something to, you know, some, something for Allison. But you know, like, oh God, like we've got this nut patient, you know. Like, if you have any sense of any reality, you know that you know you obviously know that she's not a she's not a doctor. She's a patient now. She's filling a a syringe full of something. She's going to stick you with. So this whole thing is just like, oh, you know, this is. I mean, this is this is great. You know, this, this movie is just like spinning out of control in chaos. You know, like,
1: oh my God. But it's like a controlled chaos. It doesn't yeah, feel that's... like it's. It doesn't feel oh, incoherent it. that's what it I does like, yeah. it's
2: not like it's not like physical like shit going on it it's just like it's slow it's a it's just like a like 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 if you woke up in a nightmare and you realize you're in a nightmare but you realize you couldn't get out of the nightmare like the, right like, right you can't run you know like you can't run your feet are all rubbery and shit. And you can't move and it's like and that's what this is like you're looking at masters explaining everything she you kind of get it now, you kind of get her side of it. Like it was just one insignificant life, ruined everything. So she's explaining. So she was a doctor. She fucked up. Either she got nuts and killed somebody, or she fucked up and went nuts and killed some after she killed somebody. But she killed somebody and she's supposed to be there. You know, she's not a doctor.
1: She yeah, and eat. part of like, you know, the the Dr. Stevens's philosophy was that like he let her believe that she was there helping him. Right. Which probably, again, not the world's best philosophy to go with.
2: Back to that kind of boot loose and fancy free kind of, you know, philosophy of like, yeah, just, well, yeah, she's, you know, let her think that she's a doctor. That'll help her. That'll help her. No.
1: No, no.
2: (laughs) The doctor. And she's, you know. So it just keeps going. Uh, Poor Nurse Bill. She picks up the phone. Of course, it's still dead.
3: Yeah, because she's
1: covered in blood.
2: Right, she's covered in blood, and then Beale runs in to see what she's doing. And so Beale's, like, clutching her head, and, you know, like, ah! Like, you know, she's just trying to control herself, but it's, like, it's nuts. I mean, it's... it's, Yeah,
1: how could you control yourself in a moment
2: like that? So, um, what do we got going here? Well, then
1: Danny, I was going to say, Danny attacks Charlotte again, doesn't doesn't he?
2: Uh, what is, what's, what's, what's he do? I, I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, i gonna... he, he, he just, he tries to attack her, but then Sam interrupts and saves the day. Uh, I can't remember exactly how he does it, but then she runs back after, after Danny it tries attacking her. He, I think he tries strangling her if I remember correctly. And then she, she runs Charlotte Nurse Beale runs into Allison's room again. And Allison is now covered in blood yet again blood around her mouth like she's been kissing she's got the dead uh phone repairman ray in her bed that's fucking scary and she's got blood all over her face like she's been making out with him like and she says the line <laughs> you shouldn't interrupt this on our wedding night and it's <laughs> just like oh like
2: that that scene that's that scene of her like she just looks up and she's looking over at her and she's like laying next to you know, laying laying next to uh, the phone repairman, Ray, that that shot of her, like, oh, it's like, it's terrifying. It's so fucking scary. I, I mean, it's just, it's like, yeah, and the thing about the honeymoon.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything at the, from this point is just utter chaos. It's just from one scene to the next. Because she's trying to escape, but all the windows and doors have been bolted shut, so there's no way out of here.
2: She's trying to figure out how to, how to get out. She's got, so she's just wandering down the house. And then, uh, and then, uh, fucking, and then, uh, obviously, uh, nurse, uh, uh, nurse master's corners are at one point and, uh, and she's, and she's like talking to her and she's, again, she's kind of brushing her hair and, 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 uh, is this, this is where, this is where, uh, what, didn't, didn't she order Sam to, to, to get nurse Beal like Sam grabs her. Well, like, this
1: that happens a little bit later. Okay. Uh, it's a couple of scenes later. This scene that happens at this point, at least if I'm remembering right in my notes, is Sam comes up to her with a crumpled up piece of paper and he says, "You should read this. Doctor Stevens wanted you to." Right. And that's when he says, you know, he basically gets that uh, the idea. He's he lets. To be known that Dr. Stevens is very much alive. So the judge didn't kill him, he severely wounded him and, and messed him up. But she starts running, and and the, the judge comes up at, at one point, I think randomly in the middle of this, and he says the verdict is guilty. Right. And, and Charlotte runs into Nurse Beale runs into the basement and only to be grabbed by somebody in the dark. And she just she it's an ironic moment where she takes the boat. Is just uh, that Sam's boat and uses it to bludgeon Doctor Stevens to death because Doctor Stevens has. That's why they the title of the movie is "Don't Look in the Basement" because that's where Doctor Stevens has been all this time for days, right. if not weeks, just like slowly bleeding out. And she he's
2: still, he's still, he's still like in his doctor's suit, his doctor's coat, and everything. He's basically like he was on that day. He just was drugged down there and is left to lay on the floor, and so she, she doesn't realize that at first she just doesn't know who's grabbing and then we realize that he's still alive
1: yeah we didn't well, you know no you, you at this point you get grabbed by somebody in the dark that tries to grab onto you, you you're just going to come out swinging and so you, you almost can't blame nurse beal for doing this but and this is the point where you know uh where the the scene that i think you were dra- driving at earlier where masters tries to get when uh Nurse Beale runs back upstairs, manipulates poor Sam into like you know she's going to expose us all. She's going to break apart the family, and to manipulate Sam, he tells tells her or she tells him to uh, take uh, Nurse Beale upstairs and to, to dispose of her and to kill her. And Sam does grab her, and he's like, you know, oh, you killed Doctor Stevens, you know, you, you you ruined my boat and all that kind of <laughs> hullabaloo,
2: right. But there's and, a cool scene they do, I know you're going to this, so go go ahead. There's a there's a cool thing to do, a flashback, where he kind of realizes what happened to him.
1: Yeah, that it was actually Dr. Stevens, or not Dr. Stevens, but uh, Dr. Masters that performed the botched lobotomy on him and made him the way he was. Right. So that that's another, like, that's, that's like three big twists in this movie. One, Dr. Stevens is still very much alive, or was, up until this moment that Dr. Masters is, is a patient there. And also Dr. Masters is the one that performed the lobotomy on him that, that messed him up. So Bye. like, and so like, and you think that like, actually he's going to like dispense justice on you no know, nurse or not nurse masters, but Dr. Masters, but he takes, uh, there's Beale down to the basement where there's a door uh, leading up, to the outside, and he basically, you know, tells her, this is your way out, you can get free, but it's the patients themselves that all decide upon this the same moment that dispense justice upon Master, and, like, Judge starts hacking at her with, you know, an axe, I think, uh... Danny has a meat cleaver, you know. Allison has a knife, and they just hack the ever-loving hell out of her and make—I mean, they just turn her into a bloody mess, you know. I mean, you know, as you do, right? As one would, as one would once you <laughs> just, once you've had it, once you had enough.
2: It's a great scene for getting your comeuppance, as they say. It's like you know, finally, like it's nice that uh, I like that because that's right where everything—the twist where, like, when you, when when Sam sees, and you see this kind of blurry th- thing where, it like, it's a couple of surgeons looking down on him, and he remembers that, and it's kind of blurry, but you could definitely tell it's Nurse Masters.
1: Yeah, so you I, can tell by your eyes. It's, it's definitely. Right. So her. At
2: that point, it's like, oh, my God, you know, she fucked him up. And then, so, it's like, it's all this, like, it's all this built up that's all centered around her. <laughs> and it's nice, you know, he, when he gets her back down, when he gets Nurse Beale out there where she can get out of there, and then when they all kind of descend upon um, on on Nurse, I mean Doctor Doctor Masters, that's that's what's really it's really cool because yeah, they get her basically cornered in a bedroom, and they
1: basically just tear her apart. Yeah, they just know? hack her to pieces, right. and then in a, a strange turn of events, Sam breaks and kills all the inmates with judge's ax. He appraised the prize, the ax out of judge's hands. And just, I think we only actually see him kill judge. And then the camera turns on nurse Beale escaping and running away. But then when it cuts back, they do this kind of montage of shots. Everybody's either got a head wound or their chest is hacked open. Sam is just broke. And it's the saddest point. uh, uh, This uh, probably the second saddest point other than when, uh, The nurse uh, Jane Sinclair told uh, Sam in the beginning that she was going to be leaving him. He's collapsed upon what's left of uh, Masters, and he just keeps crying, Mama, Mama, over and over again. Right. It's just so sad. I mean, in in our last shot, I mean, our last shot of the movie is poor Sam covered in blood and just eating his popsicle and crying.
2: He goes in. It's a great scene. He's, he's just covered in blood. And he walks up to the refrigerator and he pulls out a popsicle. And he puts it in his mouth and he sits down at the kitchen table and he takes like one suck off it. And then he kind of looks up and he's just like his blood-drenched face. And he just, yeah, he just starts crying. It's like, it's just like, it's like, oh, what a great ending. It's so sad because it's like, yeah, it's like this was his world and it's gone, you know, this is yeah his world. And then by calling her mama, like, you know, like, what was he thinking? Did he, you know, is it, did he think he, you know, nothing else. It was his mother figure to him. He's kids, you know, she's gone, you know, all his friends, you know, are there, you know, whatever kind of friends they were.
1: But that, Yeah, I mean, yeah, not very friendly, but they were what he had.
2: They're all gone. They're all dead. Everybody's dead. then it does an interesting thing at the end
1: oh the end credit sequence
2: the credit sequence is really cool because it shows everybody in the movie in their final positions of you know being killed like and then their name and their character you know it's like yep
1: i thought that was great
2: and then yeah it was pretty it was pretty cool and uh, and and then they show and then they show like the quick clip of uh uh of um of, uh, of Nurse Beale, and then and then they show the last clip is the, is, is Miss Callingham, and they kind of they're kind of like close in her face where she's like says I you know what's that she says Oh she
1: says get out get, get out back. and never come back
2: and then that's it that's the movie I was like what a cool old school it's ending
1: such a, oh yeah cool old school ending bleak ending there's not a shred of ha- there's not a shred of happiness in this movie, and oh. I'm not saying that as as a negative because it's not a happy-go-lucky kind of movie. Right. But it, it keeps in tune with those that that theme throughout the whole movie, and it does not let up.
2: No, not at all.
1: But that yeah. is uh, that is the movie. It ends on "Get out, get out, never come back."
2: Right, right. <laughs>
1: but 42 years later, they would come back. They would, they would come would- back. Yeah, we'll talk about that movie perhaps on another day, but uh, that is that is our movie. That is Don't Look in the Basement, or uh, if you want to call it The, the Forgotten, I, I don't call it that, or Death Ward number 13. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know I, that I've ever seen it advertised or on any kind of poster or advert or any kind of physical media releases, anything besides uh, Don't Look in the bay. call it. But, you know, call it what you wish. But yeah, that is our movie. And uh, let's go ahead and get off into our final thoughts and reviews. And you, brother, you know better than anybody else how we do things around here. We give our final thoughts and a rating on the scale from one to ten.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, man, this is this is one of those movies. You know, this is that comes from that period of time when they were making this these kind of movies that we love, that why we call it the Grindhouse Pizzeria. And uh and it, it hits all the notes. I mean, this is a classic this is a classic movie. It was done on a shoestring budget and uh, it was done all basically on one location. And it was it's just uh, it's it's just a it's just a fantastic movie. It's a great low budget, you know, it's not just like a horror movie, it's a psychological horror movie. You know what I mean? It's, it's really yeah,
1: a, it's a it's a like a psychological thriller more than a horror fine. movie, I would say. Fine
2: and it gets you in the feels it's got everything so i I give i give this movie a 10. i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this one a 10. um i i think think it it deserves it it certainly stands the test of time you look back on it yeah this is like this is still a great movie you know it's like it's 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 got everything the characters are great it's got great writing the kills are good man there's lots of you know it's like when they you know especially at the end when they're getting dr masters and she's on the bed just to look on her face when they're all like you know having at her you know it's got uh, yeah. you know, it brings out the feels too you got the sadness you know it's not one-dimensional characters and here they are and next they get killed you know it's like you actually feel for them even if even if feeling like you really get pissed off and hate some of them like danny you know it's like it you know it's it, it's still you feel for them some way or another
1: you know they're, and, um, they're just they're just as much of the victims as anybody else in this movie right. except stuck. maybe except maybe masters masters is really the only one right
2: but there's you know there's they're stuck in this place you know they're stuck there and 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 you feel and you feel bad for them you know there's empathy there and, and they bring that out so i uh so I, I think it deserves a 10 i think it's got it's got everything it needs i just got that I just love even the way the movie starts, like you're saying, the yellow graphics, you know, the, the yellow text, you know. And at the end, just when they show the characters, you know, it's not some big artsy-fartsy thing. It's just they show each dead character and their name. It's cool. It's kind of like, it's cool. I like that. Yeah, they, it's, they, a they,
1: sequ- it's, it's a neat sequence. It's a neat sequence to show them, like, yeah. in their kind of, their All death they, state.
2: How they were killed and, like, they were laying there and they got their name. I, I, I'd love to see it. Movie, if I if you were in a movie or me, <laughs> they show me dead. They show you know my name. And I'd, I'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'd be
1: honored for some shit like I'd that.
2: Totally honored. I would love that. So anyway, so ten out of ten. A ten out of ten. I'm 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 one hundred percent. This is a classic, and uh, it, all these years later, it's still a classic. It's it's great. You know, it's still it's still just as good as it was back then.
1: I'm almost coming in as high as you. I can't quite give it a 10. Just I, I don't know why I just can't quite give it a 10. You know me. I, I rarely hand out 10s. I hand out a lot of close to them, but I'm giving it a 9, Got which it. I still feel is, is fairly high. It, Very it, it's a. I cl- yeah. I was
2: going to be a 9, and I go, I bet he's going to pick 9. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I'm going to give it a 10
1: yeah i think i gave our movie uh the 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 movie we did a couple weeks ago a 10 and like i said i very rarely hand out tens but uh i I, i'll give it a nine for pretty much all the same reasons that you had um if anything especially for the writing and the the fucking performances are just so top-notch you know it may it might be a couple of wonky camera shots i think that might be why i kind of come in at, at a nine sometimes some stuffs a lot a lot of focus i would love to see a uh you know what i mean uh you know what a, a couple of the shots are a little wonky and out of focus and a little haphazardly shot i think that's the one thing that that kind of lacks in this is uh you know is some really good camera work at that if it had just a little bit more cam, you know a little bit more uh uh, professional camera work, I guess you know you could say, if that I would give it a full blown ten because this, especially there's that one shot where in the entire shot the characters' heads are completely cut off and I'm just like, why I would know, you do that? <laughs>
2: that, was, <laughs> that was
1: that was really was, weird, you know. It may, you know, it,
2: it may not even have been shot like that. Maybe when they edit it and some reason they had to crop the shot or some weird, you know, some weird thing and. <laughs> we like, they, listen.
1: In order to crop out the boom mic, we have to crop out crop off their heads as well.
2: I'm saying there was probably like could have been a reason. Like, oh well, just crop it. Don't worry about it. You know, fuck it. We can't have the boom hanging there. You know. Yeah,
1: but again, I think this would be a movie that would benefit from a good Blu-ray re- release. Would to be remastered and be cleaned up and restored. I would be one of the first people in line to buy a copy of it if it was.
2: Absolutely absolutely but yeah
1: nine out of ten so a nine and a ten i think we're coming in pretty high on this one yeah it's a it's a classic it's the perfect example of an exploitation film of the era i agree i, I have to leave it at that especially down to that that credit sequence only in, the, in 1973 would you would have somebody be ballsy enough to attempt a credit sequence like that i mean i love it i, I love it uh, yeah me too yeah absolutely But that being said, uh, I think we can put a pin on pin in this one for Sunday afternoon. Well, anyway, folks listening at home, thank you as always for tuning in to Grindhouse Pizzeria. And if you want to help us out, the best thing you can do, you know how to do it. You rate, rate our shows, review, subscribe, like the links we share, share the links that we share. And if you really want to help us out, you can uh, give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. And it would help us out, too, if every once in a while you send us a suggestion. Maybe uh, what you want to hear our take on next, because we do do requests. We're doing requests all day, all night long. But thank you as always for listening, folks. We appreciate your patronage and listening to to us here on the Grindhouse Pizzeria, where the pizza ovens are always on. We got fresh pies in the oven all day long, so you can pull up a chair and grab yourself a hot slice. So, once again, thank you for listening. And we have been reviewing and dissecting Don't Look in the Basement from 1973.
0: (laughs) should go rushing around like this alone. Get out. Get out. And never, never come back. Never. Get out? Why? Get out? There's no reason. Oh, there's plenty of reasons.